This is the Gambling Gauchos. We are live, as I said, in the Cardinal Sports Center studio. As I start the recording that I forgot to start. Uh, welcome in. You can get gear up for the end of basketball season for Lady Raiders basketball season. Uh, as the chat is already saying, it's the Late Late Show with the Gambling Gauchos after... 10.30. It's 10.48 p.m. right now. Kyle drove all the way back to God's country from God's other country. He's already getting comments on his hair. Great hair him. We're live in the Tortilla Factory Studios at Cardinal Sports Center Studios. Again, if you want to gear up, go to Cardinal Sports Center live and in person in Plano or Lubbock or online mycardinalsports.com. Anything sports-related, Texas Tech, Gear related, you can get it at Cardinals. Kyle, how are you? Good to be back in God's country. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, Mr. Roots, already commenting on your hair. You look great. Do, where do you want to do you want to start with the tortilla factory comment or do you want to start with uh, Kendall Bryles? You want to start with what, what do you want to start with tonight? The tortilla factory should be a pretty quick segment. Yeah, where, where did that come from? I know Big Game Boomer is kind of a troll. Not kind of a troll. He is a troll. It's not like the Hansborough one for Duke. Okay, like I get obvious troll. But I guess sometimes he just gets it wrong, and people are like, no, and he's like, yeah, I've heard it. It happens. And what can you say to that? He did the same thing with Kansas State. He calls it like Fort Snyder, and every single K-State fan is like, no, it's the Bill. Yeah. Or maybe vice versa. I, I might be mixing it up. Yeah, for the but, football one. But yeah, I mean, he's look. He's an engagement baiter. Like, now, are we guilty of that? Yeah. Do we usually confine that to like July when there's nothing else going on? Us. Yeah. But he does it every day. <laughs> Start bench cut the USA, the tortilla factory, or the house that Sharp built. In this moment in time, give yeah. me the house that Marsha Sharp built. And then the USA, that's classic. And then the tortilla factor, because that's just not a thing. I mean, if it was, if we threw tortillas yeah. on the basketball court and it was called that, that'd be a cool nickname, but that's not a thing. No, and tortillas aren't a, really a Texas Tech thing. They're a Texas Tech football thing. Yeah, you don't see them at baseball or, yeah. I feel like there'd be some technical fouls leveled. Some technical fouls leveled the beveled? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, moving on from the Tortilla Factory. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Uh, Kendall Bryles was, is, is going to be a hired slash maybe announced at some point publicly from TCU. Now, they sent out a secret press release that he was hired. Uh, Mac Engel got his shots off that Kendall Bryles was hired. Uh, but we have not seen an official announcement via the Twitter account, which you normally see for hires. Um, thoughts on that? I have many. Okay. Let's get into them. I, I have a few. Okay. Where to start? I, I'll start with this. Okay. If you recall, and if other fans recall, right before Joey McGuire was hired, the last other candidate who was rumored to be a serious candidate for the head coaching job at Texas Tech was Kendall Bryles. Uh-huh. Now only one message board was reporting that. But a guy with, I think, a lot of credibility who is pretty well-known to be plugged in was saying, like, hey, this is real. He's being considered. And 
I told you, I was like, I don't know if any of this makes a difference, but I do think, I, I very sincerely believe that sometimes athletic departments and professional sports franchises will kind of leak a rumor like that to see how the public will perceive it. And like, yeah, when you hire somebody with the last name Bryles, 10 or 15% is like automatically going to be against it. And they're trying to gauge like, is it going to be 20% that's against it and we can live with the backlash? Or is this like 85% of the fans are going to be against it and we should stay away? So I remember telling you, like, I don't know if my tweets kind of reminding people what Kendall Bryles and that staff was not just accused of, but what investigations found happened at Baylor. Right. I don't know if that makes a difference, but I think other than maybe one or two random Twitter accounts, everyone on Texas Tech Twitter was like, absolutely not. We're out on this. I'm not saying that made any kind of a difference, but I do think that general philosophy applies that schools will kind of, or the school won't float it, but they'll have somebody who's well-sourced float it to gauge the fan sentiment about a potential hire. When is how long has it been since we first heard Kendall Bryles publicly linked to the TCU offensive coordinator job? Like a week, at least. I thought that's what they were doing, yes. and I thought based on the backlash, they'd go, "Okay, never mind. We'll go get somebody else." And so to do it, knowing that there's going to be fan backlash, knowing that they're going to get dragged on Twitter, but yet not just doing a 180 and choosing not to hire him they obviously recognize there's some stink there. Otherwise they would tweet it out like any other normal hire. Right. And, and they did it a anyway. major hire and they did it anyway. Now. So that's part one of this, just on like the process of him getting hired and the lack of announcement that it tells you that there's something up. I'm going to read through some stuff because Kendall Bryles, since leaving Baylor, I think this is his fourth gig, uh, Houston, Florida state, Arkansas, and now TCU. Fifth gig. Florida Atlantic. Oh, Florida Atlantic. At maybe not at Florida Atlantic because that's not a big job. Um, but at all the other stops, the announcement of his hire has not been well received and, and for good reason. I'm gonna read some like news clips and everything that Okay, so this is from the Houston Chronicle. This was when he was hired, I think this was at Houston. And this is a quote from that article. It's clear that several members of the football staff, meaning at Baylor, had knowledge that players were committing illegal acts, including sexual assault. There are five references to coaches and football staff engaging in behavior that stifled criminal investigations. Sometimes, Rob, there's this um, legitimate obfuscation about what happens. Like, oh, well, you know, they tried to report it and nobody listened or... They weren't covering it up. They just didn't do enough. No, this says that they're engaging in behavior that stifled crim criminal investigations. Not a, not a ethical hypothetical where like, oh, well, maybe the right thing to do is this or that. No, they're stifling criminal investigations at Baylor. This is when he was hired at Florida State. For a program eager to return to former glory, it is fair to ask if FSU is looking the other way in an attempt to get back to the top of the ACC and national standings while in-state rival Florida appears to be on the rise in Gainesville. This is an excerpt from, I think it was the Pepper Hamilton report. It may have been a different reporter investigation. Central to their recruiting efforts, Baylor football coaching staff implemented a, quote, show them a good time policy, which permitted members of the Baylor football team to engage in unrestricted behavior with no consequences, including but not limited to 
One, players arranging for women, alcohol, and illegal drugs for parties when recruits were in town. Two, paying for and escorting underage recruits to bars and strip clubs. And three, paying for off-campus football parties, which repeatedly resulted in gang rape of women by the athletes. Not only were Baylor's football coaching staff instrumental in actively implementing these recruiting policies and practices, they also encouraged them. Assistant coach Kendall Bryles, while recruiting one Dallas area high school athlete, stated, quote, do you like white women? Because we have a lot of them at Baylor and they love football players. So that's a few excerpts of what they found out about Kendall Bryles and the rest of the coaching staff at Baylor during that tenure. Um, not just turning a blind eye to this, but like actively implementing and encouraging this type of behavior and then stifling criminal investigations into that behavior. That's why the Bryles name has become a pariah and why TCU knows they can't tweet this out without getting ratioed into oblivion. That should be the least of their concerns, really, with this hire. And look, the other thing is, I guess my final thought on it at this point, I want to hear what you have to say. I'll, I'll shut up in a minute. But you're coming off a national championship appearance. I'm not going to say you have your pick of the litter, but you're not exactly scraping the bottom of the barrel. And, and Kendall Browse isn't even that good of an offensive coordinator. <laughs> like, you should have a very qualified candidate pool that isn't attached to covering up gang rape and stifling other criminal activity. So what the hell are we doing? Yeah, this feels like Sonny Dykes hiring one of his buddy's kids, right? I mean, Sonny Dykes and Art Bryles were on the same staff under Mike Leach at Texas Tech. Uh, Kendall Bryles, uh, has he coached with Sonny Dykes? No, I guess he never coached it. Uh, I guess they never coached together, but they obviously know each other. Um, it <clears throat> If Kendall Bryles has had a strong career since, I would understand the hire a little bit. But he was mid at Arkansas at best. He had a pretty good season at Houston. Him and Lane Kiffin electrified the world at FAU for a year. What else has he done? What else has he done to get this kind of recognition and to get a job like TCU and to come back to Baylor, right? Because you're back at you're back in the Big Twelve. You're with TCU. Uh, that is a rival of Baylor. You're so close to the situation you were once in. It's a small private school again, and he has never once apologized or admitted fault bingo or said that that situation was wrong uh at all and there was a thread from brenda tracy who goes around and talks to campuses about sexual assault and her deal is that 90 percent of men are great and then 10 percent of men participate in sexual assault right if that's the number and he he got her afterwards and was like, hey, you know, I'm part of the 90%, always have been. And that was his whole thing. Like, just completely shit off a duck's back. It was never Kendall. He's never going to take credit for it. He's never going to take fault in it. He's just going to say, eh, they used this. It was a campus problem. It wasn't a football problem. And, and that's what bugs me. Like, 
I've written that Kendall Bryles is in the mix for Texas Tech jobs since 2017, probably. When I thought that Cliff could have hired an offensive coordinator and turned some things over, or when you're looking at new head coaches, maybe Kendall Bryles is a guy, but I've always been consistent in saying he needs to admit some things before you hand him a program, and I would never hand him a program without some oversight. Yeah, you hit on some good points. Um, first off, he was not the you know inside receivers coach or defensive line GA at Baylor when that was going on. He was the son of the head coach, and he was the offensive coordinator for parts of that. Right. So, and he's one of the only guys I think who is directly quoted in those investigative report findings. Now that there were some Art Bryles text messages and emails that were uncovered as well, and those are pretty damning. But he was clearly one of the like primary perpetrators of what was wrong at Baylor. He didn't just happen to be on staff while like some of the higher ups were um, abdicating their responsibility. Right. He was probably, you know, I mean, it, it's probably similar in structure to the football coaching staff itself. You have the head coach, the two coordinators. You'd imagine those three are kind of front and center on a lot of that. And you're right. There was, there's no, um, there was no apology. There was no, you know, had we had better oversight mechanisms, this or that could have been avoided. There was no, I don't even know if there was much of a denial. Him saying like, hey, that's not true. Let me make my own case for what happened instead. No, it's been silence. And this is slightly different, but honestly, not really. Um, You and I were approached about a hypothetical would you take Chris Beard back or under what circumstances would you take Chris Beard back? And I think you laid out everything that would have to happen to even have a conversation. And and let me preface this by saying the answer is still no, but to even have the conversation, it would have to be like uh, proven innocent in a court of law, therapy slash counseling for anger management, substance abuse, whatever the case is some time off, you know, like a rehab stint showing, okay, I can be a leader of young men in a, in a proper way. And then like, maybe, and and then probably also an admission of, yes. you know, Hey, I, I changed between the years after the national championship game. I lost sight of who I was. I shouldn't have gone to Texas. Like there's five or six steps that have to happen before you even have that conversation. And like I said, right. In my opinion, the answer is still no. Even if he checked all those boxes, but Kendall Bryles, to my knowledge, has not checked a single box and, and yet is still just bouncing around from power five job to power five job and get, get scrutinized. And then like, whatever, you know, there will be an article about this over the next week or so in the in the Star Telegram and in Dave Campbell's Texas football. And then it'll go away and he'll be on the sidelines for the next couple of years there and probably be mid and then he'll go somewhere else. In all actuality, what has Kendall Bryles done to land at TCU besides having the name Bryles? I mean, he's not like a terrible OC. I'm like, he's had some good offenses, but it's nothing that you just want to be like, okay, he's one of the three or five best minds in college football right now. Especially when you have you can't separate him from the stink that's associated with him from his time at Baylor 
So I, I don't know what makes him such an attractive candidate to a team that's coming off a national title appearance. So Arkansas was sixth in offense, total offense in the, in the ACC. Um, they had even rushing and passing yards. Uh, about mid of middle of the pack plays. I, I don't know if 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 Kendall Bryles comes and has success at TCU, which I think he can because they have some good athletes. Um, I guess good for him. Uh, and there's nothing we can do, right? Like we're not gonna. There's not gonna be a a, a big public stink about this. It's gonna be news for two weeks. All these TCU outlets that said they wouldn't cover the team. Uh, Frog Dog said he was going to change his name to Cactus Dog, and as soon as the the hire is announced, he's all over it and loves it. So it is what it is. It's going to be a story for two weeks and maybe every once in a while during a season, but for whatever reason, people just do not subscribe any of the faults at Baylor with anybody but Art Bryles, and that's how everyone wanted it. Ian McCall got a job immediately at Liberty. And has been there since. And they have had their own troubles continually since he got there. Well, and, and Phil Bennett, the next season was at Arizona State. So, I mean, what were the right. consequences for these guys? They just go find another Power 5 job and, okay, yeah, you might have some bad PR associated. It's clearly not going to stop people from hiring you. No, only Art was punished. And Art was yeah. punished with a bill, like millions of dollars. Yeah, he got paid off for it handsomely. So, it, 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 like at some point, it is what it is, and Kendall Bryles is going to be the offensive coordinator at TCU. Um, I don't, I don't think it should happen, but it's happening. And as a hire, it's not that impressive. Talk about the dynamic, especially coming from a scandal at Baylor, and then landing a job at their arch rival right. an hour and a half up the road. You know, we were kind of on a lighter note teasing Baylor for having to play a bowl game at TCU Stadium. And this, like, almost makes it worse for TCU. Yeah. I mean, like, it's bad for anybody to hire, to hire Kendall Bryles. But for, like, TCU to do it is just, I don't know, just so low. And, you know, uh, again, on a lighter note. Right. In the Discord, I was – the night of the national championship game, I was like, TCU football peaked 10 days ago when they beat Michigan. That is the pinnacle that that program will ever reach. And since then, they've had key transfers, key coaching departures, a Bryles scandal. They lost by 58 points in front of 20 million people. And it's just like, I mean, they they parlayed one of the best seasons in school history into an absolute – hot mess because I'm I'm giving up cussing in 2023 we'll say hot mess but I think you know what term I would like to use and it's just like what are you guys doing yeah starting quarterback gone both leading running backs gone Quentin Johnson gone um they they got some Alabama transfers but are those transfers going to stay are they going to flip to Clemson like what's the deal here Backup quarterback gone. Sam Jackson, I think, was thought to be like the guy of the future. Yeah. Brian Carrington, head of recruiting, gone. Of course, Garrett Riley, gone. And you replace him with Kendall freaking Bryles. I mean, it's just like everything after the Michigan win, it just gets worse and worse for TCU. 
and and they still pulled in a good recruiting class. I'm not saying that they're like going to the dumpster next season, but right. to parlay a 12 win season where you made the national championship game into whatever the past two weeks have been is just almost unfathomable. And I think the Bryles offense, the Kendall Bryles offense, will work in the Big 12, um, but it's not going to be like it was 10 years ago or in 2016, whenever that was. The defensive output for the Big 12 has changed drastically since 2016, and the conference is not as soft as it was when Baylor was running over people and were really the only aggressive team in the conference. Yeah. It, it It is interesting, the dynamic between TCU and Baylor again, that he would choose to go somewhere so close and they're going to play every year, even in the new Big 12, and, and that's going to be a rivalry game, and, and he's well well aware of that. Um, he just does not care. The Browns family does not care. I guess I'll say one more thing that I mean as, a, as an earnest and sincere compliment to the vast majority of TCU fans – I think 90% of what I've seen on Twitter, they hate it. And they acknowledge uh, how kind of scummy this feels and is. And so and like sometimes fan bases, and honestly, look, we have a lot of friends that are, that are Baylor fans. And I think they've sort of improved over time. But when that was first going on with Art Bryles, like before he was fired and stuff, there was a lot of like, oh, well, you don't know the truth about that. And like, actually it happened this way. And, you're just saying that because you hate Baylor. And right. There was a lot of just like defending it instead of just saying like, hey, this is really bad. And I think most TCU fans that I've seen are not trying to work around it and, right. and cope with it and say like, oh, no, actually, Kendall was innocent. Like I, it seems to me, at least from what I've seen on Twitter, most of them kind of hate it. And so I respect them for not just towing the school line on that. There are still a lot of people that think Art Bryles is a good Christian man. Uh, but I would say Kendall Bryles is probably – and you alluded to it more, more uh, guilty than Art was in that whole thing. I I do think Art was, you know, had some plausible deniability and stayed out of a lot of the recruiting stuff that was going on. Yeah, I mean, do you think the sixty-five-year-old man or the thirty-year-old man right. is the one Hoping trying to? Parties. Yeah. Yeah, hook up 17-year-olds with a good time. Yeah. And I'm not saying Brow- Art, Art Browse is blameless. He turned a blind eye to all of that. Yes, or yes. he wasn't aware of it, ignored it. But I, I think you're right that guys like Kendall were probably more the brains behind the operation. Are you mentioned uh, Brian Carrington, who left to Arizona State. There was a photo that surfaced um, with Zarnell Fitch, and Brian Carrington kind of shaking hands in a photo. He's in his Arizona State gear. Fitch is in his Texas Tech gear. Uh, Rashad Samples tweeted the photo. Uh, we're squashing beefs. The cactus beef is squashed. Uh, Carrington has moved on. Uh, that was a that was a good closure. Now we get comments sometimes. You know why why do you not have the cactus in your bio anymore? That cactus thing was awesome, and it it stretched. And if people want to carry that on forever fun it's a it's a cool thing sorry pause for a second it's a fun thing it's a cool thing but that that story arc is closed i think yeah i think it was you know uh, like okay so the the pump jack mentality 
Yeah. That's like still kind of a thing, but it's not as prominent as it was when Sonny Cumbie was the interim and he like introduced that whole concept. The cactus was, it was a fun off season banter thing. And it did get me like really fired up about the coaching staff with like how much they embraced it and, and defended our school and our fan base. It, it unified the fan base. That was cool. But it, yeah, it felt to me like, okay, once the season starts, once you play TCU, once the season ends, it's kind of like yeah. over with now. Yeah. And you know, it'll be alluded to for, for years. Yes. But I don't think it needs to be like prominent in perpetuity because of that one. Right. Like again, the guy who started it, Carrington, is, isn't even at TCU anymore. And so, I, it yeah, it, it, do whatever you want. I, I was right. reading this whole thread on on Red Raider Sports today because a lot of those guys have the cactus in their in their display name, and some of them were like, "Yeah, time to move on." Like, I'm going to remove mine. And I was like, "No, cactus forever." You know, do whatever you want. Yeah, that's why we took it out of our. Uh, bio or our uh, display name on Twitter. It you know it, it was for sure fun while it lasted, and like I'm happy we did it. I still think that whole movement was really cool, but like it, we're not we're not going to be focused on the cactus forever and ever, you know. And I still always get a laugh and a kick out of uh, when Jeff Goodman or Big Game Boomer or somebody says something stupid, and there's just cactus, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it is synonymous on Twitter right now. Um, but as uh, Steven Stevens says, we'll find something new. Uh, I mean, new things will come. And well, I think a lot of uh, what is on social media is cyclical anyways. And I, I loved the cactus thing, uh, but I think that was a good story ending to that arc and uh, a fun little picture that Samples put out. Well, and it's, it's just so poetic that Carrington is literally in the state of Arizona, like where all the Saguaro cactuses right. are. Um trying to convince kids how they can build a brand out there in, in the desert. In yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and, you know, people did the the pirate flag for a couple of weeks. Some of them still have it after, yeah. uh, after Mike Leach passed. And so we did the batteries. I mean, those were far less widespread right. than the cactus, but it's funny. Like even when people are getting ratioed by tech fans are like, here come all the cactus, yeah. oh, the cactus yeah. accounts. Yeah. So anyway, it's fun. And I think that will will live on for a long time. But for us, it was a it was a nice close, and and that picture was funny. Uh, it's all West Texas does live on forever. That's true. Some things never end. Rob, um, are we are we squashing beef in twenty twenty three? Not like me and you, but like me and you with others. Do we have beef with anybody? Who? Uh, well, there's that one guy that uh, we had beef with for a little bit. I'm not going to bring him up here though. Um, who do we, who do we have beef with? Some people comment on our stuff like they have beef with us, but I don't. I'm trying to remember who we have. I'm beef not on with. great terms with, uh, Goodman, but I just, I'm not really going to come oh. to terms with him. Yeah. I just ignore him now. Um, do we oh, have I know beef that, with anybody? That one guy on Twitter. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one guy on Twitter, like there's not a million right. people. No, we Twitter. know who we're talking about. Um, yeah, I don't think we're beefing with anybody. I don't think so. Should we start some beef just to squash it? <laughs> no. Um, hey, Pitch. when I am looking for beef, though, <laughs> yeah, there's only one place I go, and that's Rahino Barbecue for the best brisket, the best turkey, sausage, ribs, whatever you want, best barbecue in West Texas, top 50 as per Texas Monthly. And, uh, man, I miss it. It's good that I come back on the weekends, Rob, because I can still go get it while they're open Thursday through Saturday. 
might do that this weekend if I've got time. But you know him, you love him, RahinoBBQ.com. You can order in advance. Follow them on social at RahinoBBQ. And if you haven't tried them yet, you're seriously missing out. I want to say one more thing on the recruiting pictures. Um, every Texas Tech coaching staff member is out recruiting. Um, I don't have the time or will to do this. Um, T, T says I'm feuding with D-Wayne. No, D-Wayne loves me. He was feuding with Kyle and uh, um, Ryan. I, I don't know what that was about, though. I don't think he was feuding with us, but he does love you. Yeah, he does love me. Uh, uh, Dick Smiley, he he was trying to feud with. He was trying to beef with us that you don't let him in the spaces. No, I don't let him. I can't. Well, well, I can't remember the last time he uh, he tried to get in one. I let him in the spaces. I don't let him talk in the spaces. Like I can't block people from coming into spaces. I think we should but, let him talk. He's he's a, he's a fun guy. Do you want to know a, a dirty little secret about Richard Smiley Senior? Uh oh. He. You know, it's it's a bit. Yeah. And he kind of jumped the shark a little bit on Twitter, and it got a little bit no stale way. with me. And so I I blocked him for like two seconds, and then I unblocked him. On your personal or on the gauchos? On the gauchos. Oh, because no. When you, when you hit people with the block and then the immediate unblock, it, you just unfollow each other. Right. And so, like, it doesn't. We don't have him blocked, right, but I did that so that he was no longer following us, so that he would quit replying to so many of our tweets. Uh huh. And I think it's worked because we haven't heard from Richard Smiley in a long time. But if he, I don't know if he listens to this or if he just follows us on Twitter. But if he listens, he's now. I'm sure we'll get a follow in the next like 24 hours. Hopefully, I, I'm gonna go follow him back so he can. No, but he, he, but he, <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't tweet as much. I don't think because he he was tagging me per, my personal in like every tweet he had for a couple of months. <laughs> Uh, I love his bit. Do, do we know who it is? It's obviously a burner. Um, I yeah. would love to. I feel like he knows me on a personal level because he called me Mr. Bro. Um, but I, I don't know who he is. I don't know who he is. I would love to know who, who Dick Smiley is. Yeah, I've seen theories floated on Red Raider Sports, but I think they've all been debunked. Debunked? Okay. So yeah, I, don't, I don't know who it is. We're going to have to get some... Uh, like a scientist who can analyze the voice from the spaces and try to... he. Because he was two two bottles of white wine deep, he said uh, on on the Seeing Scarlet podcast. They do live spaces after the Lady Raiders games. Uh, I I still remember what he sounded like when we let him talk in our spaces a long time ago. But I feel like he had a good accent going on that one. And no, it was this horrible. one, this one. <laughs> he goes, "Oh, hey, Gachos, Gachos, those Gachos." Oh man. Anyways, uh, all these photos coming out. Uh, Joey McGuire putting out a picture of the Hutto Hippo today. I don't have the time or, f- frankly, the wherewithal to do this. Um, but if somebody could track the mileage in a day on all of these trips, because they're putting out three or four or five high schools a day that these guys are going to, if you could somehow track their whereabouts... How many miles do you think Texas Tech football staff has covered just in the last week? Thousands. I'll say per cap. What? Thousands, huh? I'll say per capita more than me. And I've been to Fort Worth, well, all the way across the Metroplex and back to Fort Worth, down to Austin, back up to Fort Worth, back across the Metroplex, back to Lubbock, all in the last like four or five days. 
and they've probably done more than that. So they're putting some miles on the truck for sure. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome to see. And it's uh, all the way from Kirk Bryant, offensive analyst, to, you know, Zach Kitley and, and Hamby and DeRuiter and Fitch. Two, qu- two questions. Uh-huh. First question, we have a comment about Biggie Smalls in the chat. Uh-huh. Give me your favorite Biggie Smalls lyric. Um, I like it when you call me a big papa. That's a good one. Yeah, from Hardball. Give me damn right I like the life I live because I went from negative to positive, and it's all good. Number two, how long until the next time a kid whose only two offers are Texas Tech and Incarnate Word, how long until fans trust that eval instead of thinking that we're reaching on a guy who's not a power five player. It took one offer for me to get on board. And that was Calvin Simpson hunt. When Calvin Simpson hunt went from unranked to two weeks later, getting Ohio state and Notre Dame, or maybe even like two months later, like they were that far in front of Notre Dame and Ohio state. That was all I needed. And it, it's for it to happen two or three times. It's, it's, People are subscribing to the to the James Blanchard recruiting guide. Yeah, they found a corner last cycle, Calvin Simpson Hunt, and unfortunately he didn't stay committed, who could have played at literally any any school in the country, basically. And if, if, you, if you sign at Ohio State, you can probably go anywhere. And then this kid, Will Hammond, had Incarnate Word, UTSA, Tarleton State. I think that was it when he committed to Tech. Maybe I'm missing one. And people are like, why do we why do we take this kid so early in the cycle? Aren't there other guys? And then right. fast forward two weeks, he's got Penn State, AM, Tennessee, Oregon, Auburn. It's like, hey, maybe he was a power five quarterback all along. And what Joey told us when he first got hired was true. And that was, hey, when we're early on a kid, it just means our scouts are better than everybody else's. Trust me, he can play. He I remember him saying that, I think it was at a Rotary Club luncheon in Lubbock. He said, if a kid commits to us and he has no other offers, he goes, don't worry, he can play. Our scouts are just better than everybody else's. Right. And so far, he has proven that right multiple times. And so I don't know when, Rob. I don't know if it'll be in a week, a month, a year. Some kid is going to have an offer from Texas State, uh, U of H, and Tech, and that's it. And he's going to commit and we're going to go, oh, why do we take him? And then he's going to be like a four-star at the end of the cycle. Yeah. And hopefully we can hang on to him. There's also the uh, transfer aspect, the the preferred walk-on transfer aspect. Um, Tim DeRuiter was at Oregon with an outside linebacker. As a freshman, this kid played in 2021 uh, all 14, ga- uh, 14, 13 games. 14, I guess, with a bowl in a championship game. I don't know what it was. 12 or 13 games. Uh, primarily special teams, but played a lot. Played some defense as well. And then DeRuiter leaves, and in 2022, they just moved into tight end. They're like, I, we don't know what to do with this kid. What is he, what is he doing? Uh, and now he's transferring to Texas Tech's preferred walk-on, and they're calling him outside linebacker, so he's going to go back on defense and fit the system. Uh, so I, I'm even excited about those, where basically you have a tight end from Oregon who Dan, uh, Dan Lanning couldn't figure out how to use, and he's going to come back and play defense at Texas Tech because he's an athlete. But, I mean, has that ever worked? Do we have any luck taking a Power 5 player at that position as a preferred walk-on? Right, yeah. At least one has hit pretty well. 
two, maybe. Yeah, that would be one Tyree Wilson. Yeah. Uh, potentially a top 10 NFL draft pick. So, yeah, give me all the preferred walk-ons from A&M and Oregon. And also shout-out to the Matador Club for making us an enticing option for walk-ons because they basically get a scholarship. More like dumb landing. Yeah, Colin Schooler as well. That's another one. Wells was actually good at that. He got a lot of dudes that were starting caliber at Tech to walk on. Um, If you want to support the Matador Club – Join our Patreon community, patreon.com slash gamblinggauchos. Gets you access to the number one Texas Tech fan Discord server. A whole bunch of uh, exclusive interviews. And a portion of all proceeds go to the Matador Club eventually, whenever I get around to it. I still have not done the bull pick'em thing. I will, I promise. We're not withholding funds from the Matador Club. I just haven't had time to do that, but maybe this weekend. Maybe. So anyway. Would be honored if you'd join us at patreon.com slash gambling gouches. It's only five dollars a month and it is a rockin' good time. Rippin' rockin'. One more football note for you. Uh Lane Kiffin just played Texas Tech in a bowl game. Was so impressed with Zach Kitley's two quarterback sets and Joey McGuire's three quarterback sets all year that he has now got three starting quarterbacks in Jackson Dart, who is already there. Walker Howard, who has transferred from LSU, and now Spencer Sanders, who is coming from Oklahoma State. All three of them now on campus at Ole Miss to play for Lane Kiffin. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, and they're still going to have two backs, two running backs that are yeah. legit power five starters. So that's, that's five combined quarterbacks and running backs that need to be on the field a lot. I would imagine they'd all need to be on the field a lot. Like, I don't think Spencer Sanders is using his last season of eligibility to ride the pine after being a four-year starter. Noah Jackson Dart, who just started a whole year and transferred into Ole Miss, is probably not going to want to sit around either. A source says Spencer Sanders is an idiot for that move, TBH. Like, yeah, if he's not playing, why go there versus staying at Oklahoma State or going somewhere that – I mean, he's a guy who could have – walked into a certain situation and for sure been a starter. And so, yeah, if he's not, if he doesn't have some sort of assurance of playing time, I don't, I don't understand that move from Spencer Sanders. Yeah. And why would he have assurances? In my opinion, like why, why would you, why would you promise him anything after the careers had it now? A fine career, a solid career, big 12 championship appearance has won some games, but, he didn't. He didn't play better than Jackson Dart, did he? Um, I don't know. I think a lot of programs would take a guy with forty-five-ish career starts and certainly a Fiesta Bowl win, a Bedlam win, a preseason Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Year. He was either that or preseason first-team quarterback, but either way, right. and. Didn't live up to that this past season, probably mostly because of the injuries. When the team quit. Right, yeah. Just being associated with that dumpster fire. Oh, yeah, he also has a win over Texas Tech in 2022 on his resume. Something that Jackson Dart did not, yeah. That's more than Jackson Dart and Lane Kiffin can say. (laughs) We were their Super Bowl. There it is. Bill Walton's kid is slacking. I thought we'd get the first Super Bowl comment from him. 
Hey, by the way, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Let's go. I barely got to even see any of that game, but let's go. Um, any thoughts on the 49ers Sunday night? I think, hmm, pound for pound, name a better head coach in the NFL than Kyle Shanahan. See, that's tough. Um, Sean McVay has the Super Bowl championship. Um, Mike McCarthy is not a bad coach, but it's been a long time since he's been great, and he has more pounds than Kyle Shanahan. Yes. He'd have to be twice the coach as Shanahan to be pound for pound. <laughs> um, but I, I think very highly of Kyle Shanahan. Mike McDaniel, maybe, because he's so slight. So I, I wasn't actually meaning pound for pound in like a oh, literal sense. Okay, sorry. Like, you know, Andy Reid versus Mike McDaniel. <laughs> right. But, you know, I'm kind of waiting for Brock Purdy to come crashing back down to earth because in my head, I'm like a. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant seventh round quarterback shouldn't be winning postseason games, but they play at home and Kyle Shanahan and his supporting cast are just so good. Maybe they can keep doing it. You know, I was kind of optimistic had the Vikings won their playoff game. I was like, Hey, you know, how often do you get a rookie seventh rounder to, to earn your spot in the NFC championship game? But I mean, he's not playing like that. And so they might still be sort of a buzzsaw. Um, I, I think, I think really any of those three teams besides the Giants in the NFC are like pretty legit and have a have a real shot to come out of the NFC. Besides the Giants? Yeah. They just had a first round bye or what? Well, like of the four remaining teams in the NFC, gotcha. I don't think that they're a very just legit like option. A, it sounds like a sad Vikings fan that just got beat by the Giants talking a little bit. No, I mean it's come on, it's <laughs> The Giants. No, I they're agree. Not, they're not as good as the other three teams. I remaining. agree. I agree. I, I the, the Seahawks are the 49ers Super Bowl. Um, I think in the playoffs, Sean McDermott's a very good coach. Andy Reid is a very good coach. Mike McCarthy, I have my personal problems with. I'm a very beaten down Cowboys fan. Um, if they play like they did against the Bucks, I'm very excited about the Cowboys' next couple of games. Um, as far as the Chiefs go, who who would you rather win and play in the AFC Championship? Obviously, you have to beat the Jaguars first. Would you rather play the Bengals or the Bills in the AFC Championship? One's a home game, one's in Atlanta. I want to play the Bengals for two reasons. That one would be at Arrowhead, right? Yes. That, and they need like a revenge-type game. Not that you need any extra motivation in, in the AFC Championship game. But they need to get that monkey off their back. The The lack of success against the Bengals is like really the only kind of knock on the Chiefs from the last three seasons or so. And so I would love for them to end the Bengals season and kind of rid themselves of that talking point. Yeah, the, the Bills would be a revenge game just like last year's was because the Bills got them in the regular season. Um, Mahomes would love both of those spots. I think it lines up for Mahomes to play – uh, well indoors in Atlanta, even though that's a neutral side, I I like them both. But yeah, I I agree. I I want the Bengals, and I do think we're locked into uh, a uh, Brady Manning Roethlisberger era with those three. I mean, especially Allen and Mahomes are not going anywhere. I, I don't really trust the Bengals franchise to consistently 
keep Burrow with a yeah. uh, with a team that is going to be a winner is, consistently. Is Joe Burrow Ben Roethlisberger then? Um, probably. I, I don't think they'll be there as consistently. And that's not a knock on Burrow. I think he's right. really good. But I think I think the Bills and Chiefs would like really have to screw it up at this point to not kind of be one of the top, I don't know, four contenders in the AFC every year. And, you know, Mahomes, everybody keeps talking about his division. And like, oh, the Broncos have Russell Wilson now, and Justin Herbert is right there. And Derek Carr is the best quarterback ever to be the worst quarterback in his division. And it's just like they all they do is win division games, win the division. Like, do not – I don't want to hear that conversation ever again. I don't care if Herbert has 6,000 yards passing next year and 45 touchdowns. Until one of them beats him in a meaningful game, let's just stop with that for now. Stop. Stop. The Broncos, I'm really uh, intrigued to see who they hire as a head coach. I'm intrigued to see what the Raiders do at quarterback. Does Thomas Brady come and try to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year? Is that in the rumor mill right now? Yes. Baltimore... (laughs) Baltimore and Vegas are the the favorites to land Tom Brady. Hang him up, dude. He, he could be Trent Dilfer in Baltimore, and they could rely on their on their defense. I'm serious. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. I know he did with like one of the greatest defenses in NFL history. Yeah. Hey, Patrick Queen is the new Ray Ray Lewis. <laughs> See even still there. Oh, uh, Roquan Smith. He's good. Uh y'all don't believe in Stidham? No. No, we don't. Uh, no. I mean, I don't think uh Josh McDaniels does. Mahomes has never lost a divisional road game. Mahomes has never lost a divisional round game, I think is what it means. No. Well, both maybe true. both. He he has not lost. Uh, first off, they've won the division every year he's been the starter. Oh, divisional road game, yes. They also have right. not won a postseason game in regulation other than the Super Bowl. Like, he has gotten past the end of regulation in the AFC Conference Championship game, AFC Championship game, every right. season he's been the starter. I was – Slim was saying that he's never lost a AFC West game on the road but he's also never lost in the playoffs until the AFC Championship game. They've been to at least the AFC Championship game every time they've been in the playoffs. And they've been past the end of regulation in that game. Yes, which is the, wild. If they go 11-6 and six one year uh-huh. and don't win the division and they get knocked out in regulation of the AFC Championship game, that'll be his worst season that he's had. Isn't that crazy? Since 2018. Yeah. It's wild. And like I don't think they're going to lose the division. And just, I think it would take some pretty serious injuries for that to happen. Just imagine if they'd given him the keys in seventeen. Just I don't know in week like twelve. Or if they had something besides the thirty-first ranked defense when they played Brady in the AFC Championship game. Right. Uh, have we talked about the overtime rules? Yeah. On this pod. Yeah, we did. I think like last I hate NFL postseason. Uh, well, no, there's new ones. It, it now, if you, so if you uh, go to overtime and you score a touchdown on the very first drive, the other team will get an opportunity, just in the playoffs. So okay. if you score a touchdown, let's just say hypothetically, you go to overtime, 
and Patrick Mahomes wins the toss and scores a touchdown, then Josh Allen would get a chance to go score a touchdown. And then you know what happens? It's sudden death. You just prolonged overtime. Like what? How, how stupid are people? I just I, make I a stop. Football is a team game. Make a damn stop. I don't get the philosophy of like it, it's going to be sudden death, but also we're going to modify it so that both teams have a chance under some circumstances, and then it's sudden death. Yeah, it's like just pick a format and make sure everybody knows the rules, and then go with it. Like I, I'm not a huge fan of the NFL's previous overtime rules, but. I don't know. Do something. If you if you want somebody to have a chance every time, if you want the offenses to decide the game, go to the college rules. If you want to back them up to the forty, back it up. Fine. Go to the forty. If you if everyone needs a ch- if we all need even chances, it's all a participation trophy in the in the playoffs and in overtime. Just do that. But otherwise, play some d- freaking defense. How about that? Roger Goodell, noted millennial. Yeah. All right. Uh, you ready for? Well, you know what they. You know what they should do. They should have uh, stayed with the old rules. Nice. You know the expression like you know. Oh, I'm not a doctor, but I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Maybe if Roger Goodell stayed at a state trig last night, he'd have a better idea of how to run the NFL's overtime rules. Statetrig.com. It is your local option for a short-term home rental in the Lubbock area. If you're coming back on business for a Lady Raiders basketball game, baseball season right around the corner, making plans early for spring graduation, whatever the case may be, statetrig.com. Use the promo code GAUCHOS to get 10% off your first booking. Not only is it a local option, every single Statrig property is professionally and upscale, furnished, decorated, so you know you're getting a really great-looking house every time you stay with Statrig. 10% 10% off using the promo code Gauchos at statetrig.com. You ready for some diversified lenders' mailbags? Yes. Do you want to talk about anything else? Tell no, all we anything else. Bree Scott is? What? We talk about how much of a you asked me a question and I started to answer it, and then you were talking over me, so I didn't quite hear what you said. I was finishing my original thought that you had. I had a millennial pause, speaking of millennials. I have a slow brain at 11.38 p.m. I was just saying, do you want to talk about how much of a walking bucket Bree Scott is? But we can do that uh, on Sunday. They play a big game this weekend. Uh, so does Texas Tech basketball, but we'll, we'll recap it on Sunday. All right, let me go all the way back to... Man, this is... We're off the rails again in the mailbag. Have the Burger King Whopper commercials made you more or less likely to go to Burger King and get a Whopper? It hasn't changed the likelihood that I go to Burger King and get a Whopper because that just kind of like stays at zero. But I will say this, as far as advertising effectiveness goes, you can say it's annoying or whatever, but everybody has Whoppers on their mind and everybody's talking about Whoppers. So you have to give them credit. It's, it's effective advertising. Yeah, I want to sing the song right now. You, you could ask me like, hey, Kyle, you remember that? Allstate commercial, and I'd be like, no. But everybody knows the Whopper commercial, so you, you, you have to tip your hat. Do you want to sing it? Whopper, 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 Whopper. Junior Bacon yeah. Double Whopper. Something like that. Yeah. BK. Uh, this is probably unrealistic. Would you rather keep Adams another year? 
that comes with the guarantee no. of guys not leaving, or would you rather go full scorched earth but snag up a good and upcoming coach? Um, how real do you want to get right now, Rob? I mean, it's nearly midnight, so let's just do it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna ask some questions. Well, I'm gonna say okay. a couple things. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna ask some questions. Uh huh. First question is, and maybe this is all of them, kind of like combined. Maybe it's like multiple questions wrapped up into okay. one. Just go. Okay, when you when you hire Cliff Kingsbury, mm-hmm. for better or for worse, you could explain the reason why he's a he's a young up and coming offensive X's and O's genius. Now he has these other deficiencies. He lacks experience. He's not a good recruiter. He doesn't have a coaching network to bring in a defensive coordinator. <laughs> I thought Big Ham was already freaking out that I made a Cliff reference. No, but you, again, you could articulate for better or for worse. Why you want Cliff Kingsbury? Right. Jim Levitt's name popped up when Matt Wells was hired. I hated that idea. Uh huh. But you you could articulate a couple reasons why he should be the head coach. He's experienced. He's tough. He's the anti-Cliff. Yada yada yada. Defensive minded. When Mark Adams was hired, I would say the two main things that you could justify that hire with are defense is great and continuity. We'll keep some players. We'll keep Sean Sutton types. Um, based, on how, based on how, um, how much player key player turnover there has been and based on uh, maybe this is unfair, but with what happened to beard in Austin, to me, the beard tree is like a little bit rotted by that, especially if they're not producing, with the no middle defense that they're known for. And so like, I'm looking at it, Texas tech is not at the, in the top half of the big 12 in recruiting. We whiffed in the portal by and large this past off season. The team chemistry has been called into question when you're Oh, and six, Oh, and eight in quad one quad two games. Uh, it's fair to wonder how together the team is. Um, He's not a young up-and-comer in the industry who's going to – like his career is really going to take off three, three years from now. And so I'm asking, what is the primary benefit of Mark Adams being the head coach at Texas Tech? Is this rhetorical or – No, I, I, want your, I want your answer if somebody wants to chime in in the chat and say, here's why Mark Adams is a great head coach at Texas Tech. Uh, he, uh, okay, hang on. I'm going to keep going. Okay. Uh, so Spike Dykes proved for a long time that you can be a 500 head coach, and if the people love you because you make inroads with the fan base, you can last a long time. Cliff proved that if you're 500 and you don't make inroads with the fan base, uh, you have a shorter leash. But he had six I don't, years. What? He had six years. I think that was kind of a, a an arranged marriage toward the end because they sure. couldn't or didn't want to get rid of him. But I'm just like searching. Like, is there anything? That, does Mark Adams? Is he, does Mark Adams have the fan base really fired up? Are we recruiting well? Is his defense working? Do we have good players coming in? Do we have good players staying? And the answer to all these is like no, 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 no. And so, what is the justification? I I don't have one. Donor relations. I don't think so. Uh, by all accounts, he does not have good donor relations, and he doesn't uh, put forth a lot of effort to be at events. I 
I'm sorry, but tweeting once a month, retweet if you're with us, it, that doesn't count as that is doing like less than the bare minimum. Right. Again, I'm not, I am not clamoring for Beard to come back, but Beard had the students engaged. He did the fireside chants, whether you think they're corny or stupid or overdone. He had the students come on the floor to sing the fight song. He had all that crap. And we hate him now, but at the time, everybody loved it. The fan base was super engaged. Mark Adams doesn't do any of that. When we, sorry, I'm laughing at the comment. Tubby Smith is available, says Jackson. Um, even last year, you had the like the boxing moments in the locker room, those videos, and I guess that stuff only happens when you win and you haven't won much, so you can't do cinematic recaps of happy locker room moments, but there's not even a lot of that either. There's like there's no positive vibe at all. And again, I I don't want to fire Mark Adams, but I don't have a good reason to keep Mark Adams. Is where I'm at right now. Is it fair to say at this juncture if you could go back in time 2 years you would hire somebody else? I wanted to keep Mark Adams in the role he was in and hire Darvin Ham. I was cool with the Ham Adams ticket. I was I was fine when Mark Adams was hired, but no that that was not my leading candidate by any means. I almost I'm trying to be careful on Twitter because we have more Twitter followers. Stuff can go viral on Twitter, unlike a podcast. So I'm filtered on Twitter. I'm less filtered on Discord. But I have this in the drafts. If you want me to read from the Twitter drafts, I won't yes. tweet this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've seen people, New after every after every loss, it's a young team. They're about to turn a corner. It's like, okay, cool. Turn a corner after you're 0-8. It doesn't matter anymore. Unless you turn that corner and you finish 12-0. It, it just – anyway, your expectations were not too high if you're disappointed with an 0-8 start against teams with a pulse. Because that is literally as bad as you can do in eight games. Quite so literally. I rarely say this when I'm watching collegiate or professional sports. Quote, I could do that. I could coach a team to an 0-8 start. Yeah. Quite easily, actually. And I could do it for for half the price. Uh, You do not have to invest money, time, and emotion into something that you don't think is a positive ROI. The reason you and I are fans, Rob, is as much as we want to assign more meaning to it than this, it's for entertainment purposes. We enjoy watching sports because it's fun, it's exciting, it's entertaining. And if it's not, you don't have to watch. Now, are you as loyal of a fan as others who are willing to watch through the bad times? Maybe not, but like, I'm not going to shout you down or lecture you on what to do with your – like, my time is kind of precious. I, I spend three-plus hours commuting every day, plus while I'm at work, like, I have very minimal free time. And I can choose to spend out with my family or watch us go 0 and 8. And, and like, that's an easy decision for me right now. Uh, you don't have to listen to lectures on loyalty from people who have not displayed a tremendous amount of loyalty in their own lives. That's called hypocrisy. And so, I, it, like, there's, there's loyalty and then there's blind loyalty, there's unearned loyalty. And. Like, just because you insist on people being loyal doesn't mean they have to be loyal to you. Agreed. Fire emojis. 
Um, over under four and a half people that think Rob is Kyle and vice versa. Over under uh, at least one, right? Yeah, at least. And we've had a few more. Uh, I like it when uh, people call you Mr. Gaucho. We need to get back to that. Um, what local Fort Worth restaurants has Kyle tried to date? Let me think here. Um, uh, the burgers and more place. Yeah, I told you about the, the Chinese food burger place. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I need to go back. I still haven't been back. Um, I went to No Free Ads, a, a barbecue joint located downtown. Um, there's like a local kind of like a, a market slash bar. It's not like a full on restaurant, but I went there. It's pretty cool. Cool vibe to it, you know. Um, where else have I been? I haven't been eating out a ton. Like I haven't had a, haven't had Tex-Mex there yet. Uh, I tried a pizza place downtown. You've been to the Jack in the Box yet? So yeah, I went to Jack in the Box. Thought of my, my peeps back in Lubbock. Suckas. Well, I'm eating the sourdough Jack. Um, and then when I'm driving back and forth, it's always Whataburger usually where I stop. So, um, what's your sonic drink of choice? You ever had a purple O? No. It's a Sprite, Powerade, grape, and lime. I think. Very good. Not a grape uh, Otherwise, guy. otherwise, just a Route Forty Four Dr Pepper. Yeah, I like the the ocean water. Lately, I've been trying to get more H two O in, so I'll go like water with a mango flavor. Ooh, mango. Yeah, mango. Um, speaking of dynasty, oh, what's your definition of a dynasty? I would say three championships. Yeah, three championships in, in a five years, semi semi confined amount of time. Speaking of dynasties, has the tech meat judging team fallen off? No, I don't think so. Uh, it's a down. It's a down. It's a down year for a comeback. You can't have a comeback without a down year or two. How many of the last fifteen or twenty have they won? Yeah, I mean, I think they're entitled to a couple years, and they've built up some loyalty. Yes. Well, it's like Saban. He has one national title in the last four years, and it was a COVID season. Yeah. Or are we like, are we out on Nick Saban in Alabama? Or I'm, I mean, he's old and washed, but <laughs> uh, should I have Omaha expectations for this year's baseball team? Yes. Well. Yeah. Yes. What do you say? I I I would never like expect Omaha because it's it's so hard to get there. Right. Like the the postseason in college baseball is it's it's a tough format. You know, it, it can be forgiving because it's double elimination. But if you don't start two and zero in the regional, it's really hard. If you don't start one and zero in the super regional, it's really hard. And if you don't start really like two and oh in Omaha, it's it's hard to to make a run there. So I, th- I think a lot of the preseason rankings that our friend and often referenced Texas Tech podcaster Keith Patrick shared looks like you're mostly in the fifteen to twenty five range in the preseason rankings, usually like right around twenty. Yeah. So, you know, that doesn't really place you in the top ten or twelve. It would be like the primary contenders for Omaha, but I don't know if the Big 12 is supposed to be quote-unquote down this year. There's only three teams ranked in the preseason top 25 from what I remember. 
So, you know, if you do win the conference, maybe even a second place finish in the conference would be good enough to host a regional. And, you know, that's a really good start in terms of the path to Omaha, the road to Omaha, I should say. So I don't know. I wouldn't say expect it. But if you have some surprises or young, new contributors that turn out to be some real dudes like Gabe Holt was as a freshman or Davis Martin was as a freshman, then, yeah, you could have a really good roster. And you have that potential in the lineup. Um, Oklahoma State and Texas are going to be 1-2 in the preseason polls. I think Oklahoma State will probably be the number one team in the Big 12 going into the year. Uh, with Texas right behind him. National championship odds via FanDuel. LSU plus 500. Oklahoma State, Texas plus 3,000. Oklahoma plus 3,500, though they lost a bunch. Uh, TCU at plus 5,000. And then Texas Tech plus 7,500. I would lay that down. Plus 500 preseason is insane. Yeah insane for a 64 team field like like i remember tennessee was i think they were something like plus 250 when the postseason started last year and even that like as good as they were they were what like 58 and three or something right stupid like that and it was still like you know that's not great value for having to get all the way through you know a super regional and then winning it all in omaha did they win their regional no, they got knocked out by Notre Dame in the Super. That's right. That's right. Yeah, um, so sorry. They won their regional, but they, they lost the Super. How difficult for us Cowboys fans, and I'm including, including you there, Kyle, uh, yeah. to meet the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, would you only want one team to make it, or is it at least one of them wins? Yeah, I've, I've tried to think about that, but it's – it's just so detached from reality. I've thought about what I would do if the Vikings played the Chiefs in right. the Super Bowl. Well, that's detached like, from reality for sure. Yeah, I've like tried to think where my what kind of headspace I would be in. I think I would root for the Vikings, but it, one of those things, as devastating as it would be to see the Vikings lose a Super Bowl, I don't think I'd be upset about it seeing Mahomes lift the trophy again. I would, going into the game, absolutely be rooting for the Cowboys, but I would be the biggest front runner in that game. I think once we got into it, whoever's winning, I would be cheering for. And maybe it's one of those all-time offense things. I just want it to be 48-48 going into overtime and just an incredible game. But, yeah, that would be tough. But I would I would try to be in Arizona this year if the Cowboys and Chiefs were in the Super Bowl. I don't that know how I could make that happen, but I would try. That reminds me of an interview that James Gray, former Texas Tech running back, gave to the Longhorn Network, I believe, several years ago when his son Jonathan Gray was a running back at Texas. And it it was like in the lead up to the Tech versus Texas game. And the Longhorn Network anchor said, you know, where's your – who are you going to be pulling for on Saturday? And he said, I hope my son gashes him for 500 yards – and I hope they lose by one point. <laughs> so he was still going for Texas Tech, and like they were showing him uh, packing up his truck and stuff. And he had like Tech flags in the windows, and his son was playing for Texas, and he was still pulling for the Red Raiders. So I think that's probably how I'd be. I'd like you know, go off Mahomes, set every individual passing yeah. record for Super Bowl history, but I want the Vikings to win by one point. I would, I would be absolutely in. 
Uh, people were very annoyed that we were not answering them. The mailbag, I'm still scrolling. When are y'all starting? Do they hate us? Why are they ignoring us? The the Discord's a very sensitive bunch. The Guchos. Do we have any store bench cuts? No, not today. Uh, who wins more Heisman's at Tech, Baron Morton or Hammond? Start bench cut in 2026. Baron Morton, Will Hammond, uh, Jake Strong. 2026? Or 25, whatever whatever would make more sense. I'm cutting them all and taking that uh, seventh grader who runs like a 10 flat 100 in Abilene. I think he's a freshman now, right? Gosh. But just, just offered after his freshman, so I guess he's going to be a sophomore. He's a f- current freshman. Ran a 10-8 as an eighth grader and set the Abilene – city record for long jump as a seventh grader stupid star bench cut hodges cumby simmons star bench cut and like it as a college quarterback as a twitter personality I, i'm just reading big hint here as an interview star star bench cut noon 6 p.m and midnight gaucho streams <laughs> i don't think we've shot one off at noon yet no I say the later the better. Gaucho's After Dark, you know, a couple of those turn into something really good. Go with what you feel, Kyle. Um, okay, I'll uh, off the rails here. Man, God, I love all three of them so much. This is all right. Now I know why people just go start them all or cut them all. Hmm. Start, uh, start Simmons bench, Cunny. Cunny. <laughs> I do love Hodges though. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals stream was at noon. Do we? Well, we, I guess we we didn't really stream, but Star Bench cut Kyle, Rob, and Money Mainville. You asked for it, Kyle. You're getting it. <laughs> it is a little bit unfortunate that we have three gauchos right at the time that yeah. Star Bench yeah. cut became like our most prominent bit. I'll give the people what they want. Cut Kyle and the rest doesn't matter, right? That's what everybody wants me to say. Start Rob. Bench money. <laughs> that's that's what they want. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they want right there. Give the people what they want. Uh, Final thoughts, Kyle. I miss the good old days when we used to start bench cut the Picadors. Yeah, do we want to do one? Last three commenters. Big Hen, Mr. Root, Steven yeah. Stevens. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna mm, I'm gonna cut Steven Stevens, and here's why. Here's why. Tough. I think he's best equipped to handle that. <laughs> I think it, I think he'll be a good sport about it. I hope he is. The other two, I think I would I would get it. Um, so, and then now okay, now I have to bench one of them. So I'm I'm gonna have the same problem. Um, are you saying that Big Hen and Mister Root are sensitive? <laughs> they're more sensitive than Steven Stevens. I've, I've never seen Steven Stevens upset about anything. And so I would start Mr. Root and bench big hen. I'm probably doing that just to even the scales a little bit. Cause I, I called big hen the goat that's in his Twitter bio, which I love that. And so I got to bring him back down to earth a little bit. So he's benched Steven Stevens cut and then we'll, we'll start root. <laughs> Briggs says, uh, Rob already cut me once. I don't know if I can handle I don't remember cutting uh cutting bricks. 
Yeah, that was when I cut Mateo for being a liability. <laughs> well, you remember that? Yeah, I remember you cutting him, but I don't remember cutting Briggsy. I have a pretty big hit rate on whenever I start bench cut the picadors of them changing their Twitter bio to reflect it. Because Mateo yeah, he's updated erratic. his. Big Hen updated his. Mr. Ruth, this is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, is it taking ta- – oh, well, you know, I guess so. I, hey, I'm, I'm going to send Ryan uh, $40. He paid me for the Rangers ticket and then didn't go. I, f- I always I meant to send him $40 back because he didn't get to use the ticket. That was his Super Should Bowl. I? He paid me $40 for a ticket, and I bought it for him, and then he didn't go to the game. Should I pay him back? If Hey, chat, tell me if I should pay Ryan back. Over under that you pay him back. Jackson says no. Who else? No. Uh, Ryan says no. <laughs> no, no, no. Hell no. <laughs> Jackson voted twice. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll keep it. Uh, under. Uh, uh, <laughs> what, what, what are we doing? Are we just going to keep going? We're still streaming. We're still recording. What's going on? Over, over under, we're going off the rails here. Yeah. Do, we, do you have any final thoughts? All these inside jokes that people are still listening that aren't in the Discord, aren't in the Patreon. They're just like, what's going on here? Well, join up. It's a lot of fun. Then you'll. Then if you know, you know. Um, push. Um, so we did get a, a sincere question. What did you think of Krista Gerlich's pregame speech? I did not get to see it. I have not seen much men's or women's. I I see the final scores, but I don't get to watch much. It's in the cinematic recap. Oh, okay. I need to check it out then. And then her post game was uh, you found joy in that fight. That's pretty good. I saw her come down post game with the horns down. Yeah, dancing in the locker room. And then somebody said that uh, Texas Tech was swaggerless. Uh, buddy, we're not swaggerless. We're too turnt. You know, going back to not to beat a dead horse, like the fan engagement stuff, uh-huh. Krista Gerlich responded to a tweet I tagged her in when my daughter was born. I said, I'm like, hey, here's your class of 2040 prospect. You know, she does the horns down. She wears the really cool clothes that – just like little things like that that keep fans interested. Like they love Krista Gerlich. Yeah. She's one of us. She just has some sort of like personality aura about her that yeah. fans want to pull for her. Yes. Like it, it's not it's not like pulling teeth to go be supportive of Krista Gerlich's team. And she's, like when I ask excited. her, like she doesn't she doesn't go do six radio shows a week or anything. She's not on Twitter twenty four seven. But she does enough little things. She's easy to root for. Yeah. And that goes a long way. Like, they're 3-3 three and three in the conference right now. But, like, we couldn't be any happier, right? Because it's a fun team to root for. It's easy to support them. You don't have fans on Twitter begging everybody to, like, to be supportive and not right. lose their loyalty, whatever. Anyway. Uh, just, you said six radio shows a day. <clears throat> She actually came to Town Square Media. She's the only coach in my eight-year tenure at KKM who has come and done the car wash. She was on KFYO, Lone Star, FMX, um, Awesome 98, and KKM all on the same day. And that's awesome. In studio. No, no, Cliff hasn't done that. Uh, Wells never did it. Adams yeah, didn't do it. Beard never came up. 
So that that's a really cool thing that Garlic does. This is her second year to do it. I've got a prop bet for you. Okay. You made a couple. I think you really wanted to do this during football season, but you had a few. If such and such, I'll recreate the Dallas Braden hot tub video. Yeah. And I guess none of those ever cashed. Nope. Here's what we need to do. If the Lady Raiders make the tournament, you need to recreate that. It's like a slow-mo video for walking down the hall, doing this and like winking. We need to get a Rob Bro version of that if we if we make the tournament. If the Lady Raiders make any kind of postseason, I will recreate that video. Okay. We, we need to go find that right now. Yeah. We need to start recirculating that. Yeah, that's a good one. Again, it's it's little stuff like that. Should we get it's, should it, we get her on the gauchos? Yes. It's the fact that when she wears like glitter glittery red high heels or I I don't know what women's shoes are like different types of women's shoes are called. Right. People think it's cool and they send a picture of like a tweet or whatever in the discord and people are like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. She looks cool. It's, just, it's so freaking hard to root for like we're O and eight and like, this is all you get. And like, I don't tweet anything. I don't acknowledge anyone. What are we doing? Yeah. I'm going to, uh, that's a screenshot for the, for the, <laughs> so I, I'm all in on, uh, on Krista Gerlich's yes. team and culture and, because it's an fun. Edge. It's fun, and that's what it's supposed to be. It's fu- they have fun. Spike Dykes was seven and five every year, but we had fun. Yes, because his freaking post game press conference from the shower, where he's like literally still half naked, it's just like it's endearing, and you're like, yeah. okay, I'm pulling for Spike. I don't care that we're not Big Twelve champs. Yeah, we're bowling balls full of knives. Yeah, and Leach, Leach was the same way. That old Zebby Lethridge, he don't know what he don't know. Yeah. You just you you get stuff like that, yeah. But anyway, was that our oh, final oh. thoughts? I think that, I think Gerlich was our final thoughts. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll leave it there. Do you have some more? Oh, like like Tadlock going after the umps. Yes. Or or Tadlock acting like you can't hear in the headset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Hey, you, you know they're waiting on us, right? Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. Or another one. He he had one sentence, one sentence. It was when, man, I think it was 2017, 2018. You had to go to Fort Worth, and I think when like at least two out of three, maybe we swept them to get a share of the Big 12 or maybe win it outright. And I want to say it was Andrew Doak or Brian Holland, you know, that era of Lubbock Media. They just asked him a question like, hey, for your team to come back from a deficit – and win this game with stakes, like, or maybe maybe phrase the question something like, you know, how 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 would you have responded like if the team hadn't completed the comeback? And he was like, you know, and he pauses for like thirty seconds because he's emotional. He's like trying to gather himself. And he says, "You love him either way," and that's like all he could muster. Yeah. You love him either way, and like one sentence, and it just makes fans like me all in. Like, okay, I freaking love Coach Tadlock. I love this program. Love this team. And we're just getting none of that with basketball right now. And you can get away with it when you sweep Texas, when you beat, when you sweep uh, Baylor, yeah. when you make the Sweet 16. But as soon as all that goes away and you're not doing any of the other stuff that is important, it's like, what, 
what else do we have to buy into? Well, these teams look like they're having fun. It, I don't even think the te- the men's team looks like they're having fun this year. No. On the floor. So, that's why we've had people questioning body language and team chemistry. Right. And like over and like, hey, how come Steve Green isn't talking to Mark Adams on the bench? And right. like all that is just magnified when you're winless. Zero fun, sir. Unfortunately. The I've ranted enough. All right. Uh, love y'all. Love y'all. BK. Tom Stone.